Want to hear this episode ad-free? Hey, true crime friends. This is your host, Mary DePippi. And if you would like to hear your true crime in academia episodes completely ad-free, consider going to patreon.com slash ivorytowerboilerroom and become a subscriber. For $5 a month, you not only get access to now ad-free episodes of True Crime and Academia, but bonus episodes as well. Every month, I love to offer subscribers a bonus episode, such as Richard Ramirez, The Night Stalker, or Casey Anthony, or The John JonBenet Ramsey Killing. I mean, you name it, I want to cover it. So... The only way you can access that is to go to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and become a subscriber today. Like I said, it's only $5. I mean, think about it. I mean, you're really just buying me a coffee, which I know I say sometimes in my episodes, but it's true. And for all of the research and everything, you know, we put or I put into getting you these episodes, it would be nice just have a cup of coffee. So go to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and become a subscriber today so you can get access to those bonus episodes. And like I said, now especially add free episodes. So one more time, that's patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and get your bonus episodes and ad free episodes today. Hey, true crime friends, welcome back to another news update for True Crime in Academia. As always, I am your host, Mary DePippi. I hope you all had a wonderful week this week. Um, I hope you are all looking forward to a wonderful, restful weekend. I know I am. I'm so excited. I'm going to the Columbus Farmers Mart here in New Jersey. Um, My boyfriend and I really like going there. And, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, what some of the smaller, like, you know, more yard sale type um, aspects of it. Um, Because they usually, the people there, they usually have some really cool records and just, you know, odds and ends and stuff. So we find some really cool shit there. So I'm excited for that. Um, But other than that, the week work-wise, I mean, wouldn't say slow, but, you know, summer, a lot of people are on vacation. So... There aren't as many projects going on necessarily right now um, as there were before. So, you know, I've been kind of catching up on some reality TV. I finished, um, well, not finished, but I'm all caught up with The Real Housewives of New York. I am obsessed with them right now. Um, At first, I wasn't sure how I felt about Bryn. I was definitely getting some strange vibes about her but and I'm not going to give any spoilers but if you watched last week's episode or this week's episode I should say um then you know what I'm talking about 
Um, she really opened up and I just completely saw her in a different light. So I'm excited to see, you know, more of her and for her to open up more. And, you know, now that I have this new, you know, lens, I guess, you know, I don't know before I kind of felt like she was just maybe selfish and, you know, just like full of herself and, you know, I don't know. She just wasn't so likable to me at first. Like there were times where I just felt like maybe she was trying too hard. And then, you know, in the first couple episodes, she definitely seemed to be like a shit stirrer. So, you know, I wasn't too sure what to think about her. But like I said, because of everything that I've learned about her now, I'm kind of like things are, you know, behaviors are starting to make sense. And, you know, I just see her completely different now so yeah she's someone who's flip-flopped for me everyone else has kind of remained the same I mean I don't dislike anyone necessarily but there's still time you know as as we all know with Bravo reality TV um but yeah so I've kind of been just listening or not listening but watching that, um, some other reality TV shows like Love Island and, um, not caught up on Love Island, um, this season anyway. So, you know, I still, I haven't gotten to the Ariana Maddox episodes yet, so I'm looking forward to those. Um, but I also just finished the newest season of Too Hot to Handle, which, uh, I didn't not like that show, but it was definitely... I was able to tune it out so like it was better background noise for me in some aspects. Um but yeah, I mean otherwise it's an okay show, you know, it's not it's not terrible or anything, you know. It's just one that it didn't have as much drama as I normally like. Not that there wasn't any, but just I I don't know. Anywho, enough about reality TV. When the podcast first came back from break, you know, obviously I said there would be some new structure. So normally this being a Patreon exclusive episode week, I decided that instead of not doing a news update, that instead I would do the news update and have it here. And then if you are a Patreon member, subscriber, or patron. I think that's what that's called. Um, sorry, we call it a bunch of different things. So it has a bunch of different terms. So sometimes it's hard to keep all of them straight. Um, but anyway, if you are a patron of our Patreon, Ivory Tower Boiler Room, then you will have access to not only the Patreon episode, but you will also get an ad-free version of this news update before the case so it will kind of play out more of like a normal episode ish um but for those of you who aren't patrons slash subscribers slash members whatever um what are you doing I mean you know we love giving out free content but you know if at all possible you know obviously times are tough right now you know, but even if you could just, you know, even if it's just like one month or whatever, you know, if you could just give us, you know, buy us a cup of coffee, that'd be awesome. So that's patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room. Um, if you can donate or, you know, become 
a subscriber slash patron slash member. Anyway, that's enough of that. So let's get into this week's news update. This news story I wanted to kind of put first because I wanted to talk about it last week, but we're going to talk about it now because it's about damn time. That's right. We're talking about the Lizzo allegations. So at the beginning of the month, August 1st, three former backup dancers for Lizzo filed a lawsuit against the singer slash rapper. The lawsuit states that the dancers Ariana Davis, Noel Rodriguez, and Crystal Williams faced assault, sexual, religious, and racial harassment in a hostile work environment. And it also states that they were faced with weight shaming while employed. And in one instance, it said that they were falsely imprisoned. Now, aside from Lizzo, Lizzo's production company, Big Girl Big Touring Incorporated, and Lizzo's dance team captain, Shirlene Quigley, are also named in this lawsuit. Lizzo responded in an Instagram post two days later on August 3rd, stating, quote, My work ethic, morals, and respectfulness have been questioned. My character has been criticized. These sensationalized stories are coming from former employees who have already publicly admitted that they were told their behavior on tour was inappropriate and unprofessional, end quote. Now, this did not deter Williams, Rodriguez, or Davis. They have stated that they are not backing down and they stand by their claims. Other former employees and other former backup dancers have come forward and corroborated these dancers' experiences. I personally believe the dancers. I can't see why they would lie about any of these claims. I mean, I personally was never a diehard fan of Lizzo. Like, I enjoyed a few of her hits, but, like, I can't say that I'm, you know, a huge fan or anything, you know. Even those songs, like, it's not like I was, like, obsessed, obsessed, you know. I was just like, okay, you know, if they came on, great, you know, they had a fun tune, but, you know, wasn't actively seeking them out. Um, on the flip side, though, or not really the flip side, but I guess, like, in addition to, you know, I can't really say that I'm particularly surprised about this um I you know I could see her having an attitude you know like an attitude problem but I don't think anyone would have thought that it would have gone to this extent alleged in the lawsuit I mean I really didn't think either that it would happen like that or anything like that would happen but again I'm also not like oh like gasp about it either So, you know, I will keep you guys posted as this lawsuit continues to unfold. Um, But, yeah, as far as my opinion is, I think, you know, sadly, I think they're correct. And, you know, I'm a little disappointed in Lizzo's response. However, that could be what her team of lawyers are telling her to say. You know, we don't know necessarily if that came from her. Not that that makes a difference, but... You know, I just, again, not that I'm surprised either that she responded this way, but also kind of, 
a little bit. I, I don't know. It's, I'm conflicted, I guess. <laughs> not conflicted as to whether this happened or not, but like just conflicted on how I feel about her as a person now that this has come out. So, yeah. I don't know. It's it's so unfortunate, you know. Now, the next story we have is a lot darker and way more fucked up. So, you know, trigger warning. We are going to talk about infant death in this next case. Um, so if anything like that, I'm sorry, I shouldn't even said infant death. Infant murder is what occurs in this case. So I'm not going to get too detailed into it, but if this is a trigger for you, if this is just too much, then please, you can stop here, come back after the commercial break, because once we talk about this, spoilers, we'll be going into a commercial break. So there's your um, frame of reference. So without any further ado, the Daily Mail reported on August 5th that earlier that morning at around 7 a.m., 40-year-old Dr. Crystal Cassetta killed herself after killing her young baby. The horrific event took place in her home that this top cancer doctor shared with her husband and their baby in Westchester County, New York. It has not been released the age or gender of the baby, but it has been suggested that the baby might be as young as four to five months. Then this is just according to some sources that claim that the baby was due in March early this year. Now, before the murder-suicide, the doctor worked at Mount Sinai as a hematologist-oncologist where she did investigative research in breast cancer. Dr. Cassetta married her husband in 2019 in a beautiful Brooklyn, New York ceremony. New York State Police stated that their preliminary investigation is consistent with that of a murder-suicide. What I'm about to say as far as what the police have stated, even in the most simplest of terms, is still very horrific and hard to hear. So, again, if you don't want to hear this part, I completely understand if you skip over. But, again, this is, although very bare bones and simple, still very graphic and, like I said, very difficult to hear. So, use your own discretion. New York State Police stated in their preliminary investigation, it seemed that Dr. Cassetta entered the baby's room, shot the child, and then turned the gun on herself. Like I said, even though it's like so like bare bone simple, it's still very just horrific and just so horribly sad that this even happened. I mean, I can't even imagine what the husband and father is going through. I believe his last name is Tately. Um, I didn't want to name him just because obviously from what I've seen, sources have stated that he is distraught and, you know, media outlets who have reached out to him have said that, you know, he seems to be upset and just asks, you know, to give him and the family more time. So obviously, you know, he's really good, you know, obviously not from that, but just in general, you know, clearly he's going through it. Um, you know, so it's just absolutely devastating. 
when I heard about this, like I, you know, I'm not any sort of medical professional. I am not any sort of psychiatrist, psychologist, medical doctor, none of that. Um, I've always had an extreme interest in psychology, as I've mentioned to you all. Um, So, you know, I've taken quite a few classes, but, you know, I'm not any sort of professional or nowhere near it. But when I heard about this case, the first thing that I thought of was possibly postpartum depression, especially if, you know, the baby is as young as suggested, not only in this article, but from, you know, the other sources, the Daily Mail states. Um, so, you know, it's just so, like, if that is really the case, like, obviously, regardless, this case is absolutely horrific and sad. And, you know, to think that, you know, if she, this is what postpartum depression was something that drove her to do this, you know, because from the limited information, it didn't seem like that there was anything going on with her. But then again, you know, you never know. But like I said, that was the first thing that I really thought of as maybe being an underlying reason as to why this happened. Not that there's ever a good reason for why something happens, you know, But, you know, it just, you know, it could have been the driving force. So, yeah, it's just horrible. So, with that, I need a break. So, sorry, here are some commercials. Hi, this is Andrew, and I'm interrupting what I know is an exciting ITBR episode to talk to you about one of our sponsors, the Gay and Lesbian Review. Discover new things about gay and lesbian literature, history, and culture with a subscription to the Gay and Lesbian Review, a bi-monthly magazine of history, culture, and politics that publishes essays in a wide range of disciplines, as well as a slew of reviews of books, plays, and movies, and a number of special features, such as artist profiles and our popular art memo column. Each issue of the Gay and Lesbian Review brings you consistently intelligent, lively, thought-provoking articles focused on a unifying theme, and it brings together the leading minds on the topic. You won't find a lot about the latest dating fads or fashion trends, but you will definitely find articles about online dating, like using Grindr as a social phenomenon, or even the gay influence on 20th century fashion. Did you know that I've actually interviewed three gay and lesbian review contributors? Make sure you listen to my Ignacio Darnod Breaking the Gay Code in Art episode, where Ignacio explains that key artistic figures like Michelangelo, Donatello, Thomas Eakins, J.C. Leyendecker, and Thomas Finlan all have really explicit homoerotic artwork. And then head on over to the next episode where I talk with Dr. Vernon Rosario about LGBTQ psychiatry and how homosexuality got depathologized. And our most recent episode was with the Gay and Lesbian Review's literary editor, Martha E. Stone, and she talks about what LGBTQ literature you should be reading this summer and also how to become a contributing writer and a reviewer for the Gay and Lesbian Review. To subscribe, 
Visit glreview.org. That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W.org. Click subscribe and enter the promo code ITBR to receive a free copy with any print or digital subscription. And as an added bonus, you also receive online access to all of the Gay and Lesbian Reviews archived issues. All of them. Okay, enjoy your reading, everyone. Hi, I'm interrupting what I know is a riveting discussion because I have to talk to you all about one of our sponsors, Broadview Press. Broadview Press is an independent academic publisher for all of your humanities-related book needs. Make sure first that you use an exclusive code they're only giving to us for Ivory Tower Boiler Room listeners. The code is Ivory Tower, and you get 20% off your broadviewpress.com order. So some of the books you can get, actually, we've had the writers on our very own Ivory Tower Boiler Room podcast. Have you all heard our sound writing episode with doctors Kyle Stedman and Tanya Rodriguez? So sound writing, they discuss first, what does that term mean? How do you use digital media projects in the college classroom? Also, how do we interpret and analyze podcast episodes like our very own Ivory Tower Boiler Room? And we break down all of the different podcast genres and just how we're using media in our own lives, and especially if you're teaching media. And we even bring up artificial intelligence, which I know is a hot-button issue right now. Also, make sure you listen to Jeffrey, Dr. Jeffrey Weinstock, who talks about being a mad scientist of sorts as a composition scholar, and he talks about what it means to do pop culture research and teaching in the college classroom. Then in the fall, we had Dr. Ann Stevens on to break down what it means to be a literary theorist. And we even play a really fun literary criticism game where Ann uses all of these different theories to approach the Wizard of Oz film. So it's such an enjoyable episode. We love having the Broadview Press sponsor our podcast. And again, Use that code Ivory Tower for 20% off all of your Broadview Press texts. I can't wait to feature a really exciting episode with Broadview Press about the philosophy of sport. So that, stay tuned, is coming up in our summer season. Hi, everyone. This is Andrew, and I am interrupting what I know is such an exciting Ivory Tower Boiler Room episode to tell you all about one of my favorite podcasts. It's called That Old Gay Classic Cinema, and it's hosted by Christian Garcia. Christian is joined with guest co-hosts to talk about classic cinema films that we know and love, and he analyzes them through a queer lens. So he's talked about The Sound of Music, Alfred Hitchcock, The Wizard of Oz, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, and recently Hello, Dolly. I actually was on his first ever episode to talk about my love of The Sound of Music and playing Captain Von Trapp in my high school musical. Then I was joined with Mary DePippi, the host of True Crime in Academia, and our friend Travis Roundtree to talk about Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Mary just had Christian on True Crime in Academia to talk about female poisoners, including the evil queen from Snow White and actual real life female poisoners. So 
Christian's podcast is the best. You must add it to your listen list. After you listen to this episode, make sure you head over to That Old Gay Classic Cinema on Apple and Spotify. Make sure you follow him on Instagram at That Old Gay Classic Cinema. And he's also on TikTok. Don't forget TikTok. Okay. I can't wait for you all to listen to That Old Gay Classic Cinema. And now back to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Ivory Tower Boiler Room listeners and true crime friends, you've heard me gush over this incredible woman and her beautiful products. I'm talking about Mandy Made It. Mandy makes customized and original crochet and cut goods. They are the perfect, unique, one-of-a-kind gift for literally anyone in your life. And she makes incredible home decor. I still have my pumpkins that I put out every fall. I just love them. Check her out on Instagram at M-A-N-D-E-E Made It or search Mandy Made It on Facebook. To order, just slide into her DMs. And if you mention the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, you will receive a free personalized gift with your first order. So... Go on Instagram and look up at Mandy Made It, and Mandy is spelled M-A-N-D-E-E. Again, her handle is at Mandy Made It, Mandy spelled M-A-N-D-E-E, and order today. LGBT stories are universal, but each one speaks to the individual heart and soul of the writer telling it. Do you have a story to tell? Or have you been moved recently by an LGBT book, film, painting, television show, or other form of media? Then the Gay and Lesbian Review wants to hear from you. The GNLR believes in bringing awareness to queer art and artists through reviews, commentary, and thought pieces in which the author relates their personal lives to a particular piece of art, a novel, a movie, or what have you. In addition to the print magazine, the GNLR also publishes articles on its blog as well as personal essays on its popular Here's My Story section on glreview.org. That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W dot org. To learn more about submitting an article for the GNLR, visit their writer's guidelines. The link is located at the bottom of the homepage. And if you have any questions, email publisher Stephen Hemrick. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot H-E-M-R-I-C-K at glreview.org. The GNLR and its readers can't wait to see what you have to say. All right. I know some of us are probably still hurting from that last case but don't worry I brought us down I wasn't gonna leave us down here this next story I have for you all is gonna bring us right back up on August 6th CNN reported that a 25 year old man named Charles Gregory had been found after being missing at sea for two days it said that Gregory set out for an early morning fishing trip that Friday, August 4th, at around 4 a.m. 
He said the tide rose faster than he expected and his 12-foot John boat got hit by a wave that knocked him out of the water. Thankfully, he managed to get back on board, but was quickly taken out to sea after that. For two days, Gregory fought to stay alive in this partially submerged boat. Not only is he doing this just like in the ocean, which is terrifying enough as it is, and just has its own slew of problems. He's also out in the hot Florida sun while getting stung by jellyfish and, you know, seeing sharks every now and again. Like, I I can't even imagine. In an interview with CNN, Gregory's father, Raymond, stated that Charles was scared to death, which, again, can't even imagine. He also stated that Charles had said to him that he, quote, had more conversations with God in that 30 hours than he had in his whole life, end quote. Charles also stated that he had to fight to keep the boat afloat for that 30 hours. So much so, because he was having such a difficult time keeping it afloat, that he actually had to remove the motor. He also had to use his swim trunks as like a flag to try and get the attention of other boats or aircrafts. Which again, just... I feel like I'm so like triggered because this is like one of like my worst fears. Like obviously I'm sure that's like most people's worst fears. But like in any of like the Jaws movies or any other things like... Ugh, any other movies like that that involve the ocean. Like I'm, I'm just always scared and like my anxiety or not even scared but like my anxiety is at an all-time high not as bad as how it is with thinking about heights or seeing something from a very tall height excuse me um you know but it's definitely up there according to the u.s coast guard an air crew spotted the boat 12 miles offshore and boat crews were able to pull charles from the atlantic ocean They've also released the footage of, like, the rescue and how they found him and everything. And I have that linked in the description um, for anyone who wants to see it. Emergency service met Charles at the Volano Beach Fishing Pier. And I'm guessing from there they sent him to a local hospital shortly after. It didn't say, but I'm, I'm assuming. According to Raymond, Charles is suffering from exhaustion, severe sunburn, bruising, bites, stings, and something called, and of course you all know that I'm going to fuck this up, but I'm going to do my best, rhabdomyolysis, which according to the description says it causes the breakdown of damaged muscle and leads to muscle cell contents into the bloodstream. So guessing that's that broken down muscle that's getting in your bloodstream and obviously I mean I'm just that doesn't sound normal so that doesn't sound like that's a good thing so I'm sure it had everything to do with the fact that he was you know exposed to the elements for 30 hours so you know but his dad Raymond does say that he is currently at home resting so that's good he's not at the hospital But he did say he is having a hard time getting around because of the very severe sunburn and, you know, the other injuries that he has. But he is expected to make a full recovery. 
So thank God. Hallelujah. I mean, again, that is just, I mean, it's my worst nightmare. So I find it to be like, (laughs) or one of them. So it's like one of the most horrifying things, you know, and the fact that it had an unhappy outcome when it feels like so often it doesn't. I don't know statistically if that's true. Um, I probably should have looked that up, but I didn't think of it. Sorry, guys. Um, But, you know, so, yeah, thankfully, like I said, he was found and, you know, it's not too bad. So this next story, it's it's a little sad and a little cute, mostly sad. Anyway, let's just talk about it. So another incident occurring on August 1st. An estimated month old, so one month old, Pacific walrus calf was found wandering alone on Alaska's north slope, which is said to be roughly four miles inland from Beaufort Sea, which would make sense where he would be. Like I said, this is unusual because the species of walrus are usually found either in the ocean or along the western coastline, you know, again, near bodies of water. So they're really not sure how this nearly 140-pound male baby made it so far inland and why he was alone. The Alaska Sea Life Center stated that this is their first walrus patient in four years. And according to the 25-year-old center, because yes, that's how old it is, This calf is only one of 10 walruses ever admitted to their center. According to the blood work done by the veterinary team there, the little male calf, well, not little, but you'll see the pictures. Anyway, this little guy, they suspected him to be dehydrated, and it also seemed like he was fighting an infection. And like I said, the blood work proved this. Now, the vets ordered 24-hour care, and this includes, this is where the cute part comes in, consistent cuddling. And they're doing this in an attempt to keep the calf calm and also to help him develop correctly. And here's why. Walrus calves depend on their mother's care for the first two years of their life. The constant care and cuddling is meant to emulate the closeness calves have with their mothers now if only i could go to alaska and volunteer to be on cuddle duty like i said there will be pictures in the instagram you'll see i think he is so stinking cute i'm also biased because i think all baby animals are cute but honestly like he is just adorable (laughs) And like I said, you'll, I'm going to post the pictures. Um, I'll have a couple pictures from all of this. You'll see. And, um, you know, when you see his picture, let me know in the comments if you agree that he's cute. All right, my loves. That is all I have for you for this news update for this first Patreon explosive explosive exclusive episode week so yeah look forward to having news updates instead of like a full episode for when we have patreon episode weeks um yeah because i just wanted to give you guys something a little special and 
I really like doing these news updates. Don't forget to follow True Crime in Academia on social media at True Crime in Academia on Instagram and TikTok and at TC, T is in Tom, C is in Charlie, in Academia on Twitter or I guess it's called X now. I think I talked about this last week, but I, whatever it is, Twitter or X, you know. Um, I'm trying to make a Threads. So far, I've only been able to make one from my personal account. Um, you know, so I don't know if it's because those two are connected. We'll see. I'm going to see what I can do and try and figure that out. Um, and if that happens, I will be at True Crime and Academia. Because unlike Twitter slash X. Sorry, I just hit my microphone. Unlike Twitter slash X, I can have as many characters as I need for my fucking username. So, anyway, like I said, that's all I have for you, my loves. Until next time, I will see you later. Thank you so much for listening to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. This is Andrew Rimby, the host and director of the Ivory Tower Boiler Room podcast. I am joined with Mary DePippi, our chief contributor and host of True Crime and Academia. Please, if you're not, make sure that you follow the Ivory Tower Boiler Room and True Crime and Academia on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, too. Remember our TikTok? That's where all the exciting video clips are posted. Make sure that you join our Patreon if you want more Ivory Tower Boiler Room and True Crime and Academia content. All the video interviews are on our patreon all of our bonus episodes are on patreon and it just means so much for you to join for five dollars a month you unlock all of our bonus episodes and also it just helps support the ivory tower boiler room thank you so much for giving mary and i a needed jolt of caffeine for coffee thanks for the five dollars head to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room we cannot wait for you all to listen to our summer season. There are so many exciting episodes. And we're also celebrating three years of the Ivory Tower Boiler Room podcast. So without further ado, thanks for listening. Make sure you listen to the next episode next week. And have a wonderful summer season, everyone. Okay, bye now. <laughs>